Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Hey, hey. good morning. Bill, you, <laughs> life is good. Life is good indeed. It's it's a fun time of the year. It's warming up a little bit. We get a little bit more oh, daylight no, no. in the evening. Don't go there. Don't go there. This, no, this is clearly March Madness, and and of course uh, that that it, it has a meaning way beyond basketball. Although basketball is a big part of it, fuss in this area, we love it. Uh, and of course, uh, we've got the ACC tournament going on, which will lead into the NCAA, and we're all excited about. Uh, well, I shouldn't say we all are excited about that. Uh, <laughs> Some there are, more excited there are a than few others. widows and widowers out there, uh, basketball widows and widowers uh, that may not be excited, but the rest of us are. But, you know, March Madness, uh, like you say, the weather, but it's not, you know, it's not springtime yet. Buddy. You're saying I shouldn't just throw away all the, all the winter clothes and pack that stuff all up? No, I mean, that's, that's what part, that's, that's the thing that, that sort of uh, just makes it crazy is the fact that the weather's warm, then it's cold, then it's warm. You know, the trees are just totally confused. <laughs> they are. <laughs> the shrubs are totally confused. And, 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 you know, it seems like we go through this every year. The trees start budding, and then we have a freeze. Uh, you know, I don't know if we'll have another freeze or not. We probably will. Um, but who knows? You know, it may be that uh, that it's going to – well, we do know that it's on the side where it will start warming up eventually. But um, – but it is sort of crazy. So between the madness of the weather, the madness of basketball, and then the final madness is tax time. Oh, don't forget Ooh. about that. Yeah. You know, this is when most of us are, are at least starting to get our taxes prepared. And that's, I, I don't know about you. I, I mean, I'm sort of weird about taxes. I actually don't mind paying my fair share. You are uh, weird. Uh, that's, but however, I hate having to prepare taxes. I mean, that's that's the part that's hard. It takes a lot of time, at least for me, to get all the documentation ready uh, to take to the CPA. And you know, I gave up doing my own taxes a long time ago. I have a CPA do it, but I still. I mean, it's like anything else. I still have to get all the documentation. It's not like I can wave a magic wand and <laughs> CPA goes, oh, here it is magically. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. It, it, we have to work at it. So that uh, uh, that's the part that's frustrating to me. So, you know, it's the kind of thing where – uh, to you know, paying our fair share to me is an important part of being a citizen. You know, I mean, we all complain about the fact that we have to pay tax, but you know, it our taxes uh, for the most part goes to good things and things that we need, uh, and we we couldn't survive without if you get right down to it. Now, all of us can argue over tax policy and who should pay and how much we should pay and where it goes and all that good stuff. But generally speaking, taxes are important to, to support our society. So, you know, um, if, if we, well, you know, we can argue about it, but the bottom line is it's still a, a important thing for us to 
uh, file our taxes and to pay our taxes, and then we can argue about what it's used for. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good plan. You know, we've got to get a, at least a little bit complaining in there, regardless. Well, exactly. Yeah, no, no question about that. Now, uh, as we are doing our taxes this year, uh, one of the things that we need to recognize is that most of us under this new tax code, whether you like it or not, of, of course, um, if a, a lot of us were actually paying more tax than ever, um, but it, it's um, for those of us who itemize or used to itemize, it, you know, the way they've redone, reshuffled the tax code, um, it, most of us who used to itemize no longer get to itemize, you know, so that um, is a significant uh, factor for a lot of us. And so one of the things that for those of us in that category, that those who, you know, used to itemize and because it, it is different now, you should consider bundling your itemization. Now that takes planning. You know, it doesn't just happen by chance. But what does that mean? It basically means that you alternate years in which you itemize. So one year you plan to take the standard deduction, uh, and then what you do to the degree you can. You push all of uh, as much of your itemized deductions into the next year, so you you intentionally avoid uh, paying those things that are deductible in one year, so that you can pay them in the next year. And of course, it's even uh, things like, for instance, your uh, property taxes is a pretty good example. Most. Uh, I mean, in, in, at least in our experience here in North Carolina, they give you until through the first week of January to pay your taxes. Well, obviously, your taxes uh, are an itemized deduction. So if you're uh, pushing your um, itemizations, guess what? You push your uh, real estate tax into the first week of January, and then in that same year, in December or sometime in the fall, you pay your taxes again. So you're in essence, that's what you call bundling. Okay. Now, unfortunately, they've taken away a lot of our deductions. You know, we can't even deduct what we have to pay our accountant anymore. Uh, but um, uh, and, and our state. Uh, income tax and our property taxes are limited to $10,000, but we still have $10,000, and for a lot of folks, that that is okay for us. We can make that work. Uh, but the bottom line is is that we have to push things together in order to make it work for us. And so one year you itemize, the next year you um, use the standard deduction, and that's um, how it works. And, and that can actually help us a lot. You know, charitable deductions is another thing that you can bundle. In, in essence, uh, you uh, pay your charity, uh, your charitable contributions, uh, personal charitable con contributions uh, all in one year and, and none the next, you know, that kind of thing. Now, the churches may not like that, but 
Uh, but there's a way to do it. <laughs> and that's really what we have to do if we're trying to to get the most um, uh, bang for our buck in terms of, of reducing our tax liability, uh, legally and properly. That, that's what it's all about. Okay? Um, now, uh, last week I talked about insurance, uh, particularly relating to liability insurance and how important that is as part of an asset protection plan. In fact, that's the cornerstone. Uh, uh, Now, it's part of a plan. It's not the whole plan. And for some folks, it's the only plan they've got, which is unfortunate. But but it is still, no matter how you cut it, the uh, insurance piece is the cornerstone of a liability protection. Now, yeah, we had fun this past week. I had my seminars, and of course, uh, by uh, seminars are you know long-term care planning. You know mm-hmm. how to get Medicaid, how to qualify for it, busting the myths and the lies regarding Medicaid, and and also VA benefits. We talk about that. But you know, my middle seminar is about asset protection and using trusts and and using. Uh, legal documents and other uh, ways to uh, protect assets. But again, insurance is the cornerstone. And the next building block to a good asset protection plan, once you've got your insurance in place, is your legal documents. So that's, uh, I do want to take some time this morning and talk about how that all relates. And for those folks who are interested in this topic and it's important to you, then I would strongly urge you to attend our seminar next month. You know, we do our seminars on the second Wednesday of each month, and and we've been doing that for 20 years now. (laughs) So... Um, I, I would encourage folks to think about attending our seminar because I think it, it, there's a lot of useful information that's uh, helpful. But I know you're looking at me like we got to take a break, but uh, when we come back, I want to talk about how legal documents, uh, what legal documents work and how they should work and uh, into an asset protection plan. Excellent. We will get to legal documents in just a bit. If you are interested in attending Bill's seminars next month, maybe you missed out on your chance to go this week. Next set of seminars is happening on Wednesday, April 8th. You can find more information online. Just go over to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button. It's free to register and to attend. Bill doesn't feed you, but he does provide you with incredible amounts of information that you just can't find anywhere else. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Bill, who you, we teased this just before the break, but uh, last week we talked about the importance of insurance when it comes to an asset protection plan. And from doing this show with you for so long, I know that the uh, the second pillar of a great asset protection plan involves legal documents. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you have to understand that in, insurance does, doesn't cover everything. You know, there are lots of exceptions, there are limitations, um, 
to any policy. Uh, there, there are places where you're uncovered, you're uninsured, uh, and even, or you, you may not have enough insurance. And so uh, insurance is not enough as it relates to an asset protection plan. And, of course, legal documents uh, are an important part of an asset protection plan, but they do more than just protect assets. I mean, it, as, so, I mean, so many folks think that having legal documents means one thing. What do you think that is? Having a will. That's right. A lot of folks think it's all about having a will, and that's all they need. I need a will. <laughs> uh, and the truth is, at least from my own experience, a will is an important legal document, but it's just a one part of a legal plan. And um, it, it is one of those documents that um, can be very different uh, in other words, there are lots of options when you do a will-based plan. Now, folks who listen to the show know I also talk about trusts a great deal. But just let's talk about just basic documents that everybody needs. And so it's not having just a will. And in fact, at least from my perspective, the, a part of having a good plan or even a great plan is about having documents that are tailored to you and your situation. Uh, and everybody's unique. That's one nice thing about being a human being. We're all unique creatures. And, and the fact is, is that while we use the same tools – the tools can accomplish very different things depending on how we build our documents, if you will. And so uh, the, the real context of a great legal plan and having good legal documents is having documents that fit you, fit your family, uh, that are customized to you and um, give you options where you have made choices – based on your unique situation, and then your documents basically fit you perfectly, like a custom-made suit, if you will. The point is, is that for most of us, uh, out-of-the-box type planning or just the same, you know, basic documents don't work as an asset protection plan. Now, there are certain documents where any documents will work. In other words, what are the six basic documents everyone should have? Well, a will is, even if you have a trust, a will is an important document. And then you have a general durable power of attorney. Now, I'm going to come back to that one because those two documents are the ones that uh, we can have a lot of variation in them. Then you have your health care power of attorney, and that's where you get to pick your agents and give them options and limitations on healthcare decisions for you. Um, and then you have an advanced directive for natural death. And again, there are options there that people need to understand. And, and it's okay to be different and to think differently uh, and, and to make sure that an advanced directive uh, is exactly what 
you want for yourself. And it's okay to have a different document than your spouse or your friends or whatever everybody else has. Then you have to have a medical release that is HIPAA compliant. Now, that is federal law, so there are some folks out there who don't even have one, but they should because basically federal law says that if you want your agent, if you want your family to be able to talk with your doctors and to make health care decisions for you and to receive private health care information, you've got to have a separate document. And it's best if that same language is contained in your general power of attorney and your health care power of attorney and to comply with federal law that you have a separate document. And then the last, the sixth document is uh, a digital release where you are allowing your agents to basically deal with your digital custodians. You know, you all of us who have computers and smartphones, we have information that is held by custodians in the cloud, if you will, where we go online and, and we have information. Uh, it, it could be as simple as a Facebook account. It could be... Um, uh, it could be bank records. It could be lots of other things in the cloud, if you will. And a digital release goes a long way to allowing your agent the ability to have access to those digital um, uh, uh, assets. I mean, think about it this way when it comes to legal documents. You're pretty darn important in the scheme of things in taking care of yourself and your family, are you not? Of course. Okay, well, what are the things that you do to uh, take care of your family? Um, I mean, on a, a, a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Think about this. You, I mean, obviously for you, Jason, you go to work, uh, you earn a living. And so I suspect when you go home in the evening, your wife has a list of chores for you to do. <laughs> a list that sometimes, uh, it's a bit of a scroll sometimes. Yes, I understand. But think about some of the things you do that are extremely important to you and your family. You, somebody has to pay the bills, don't they? Oh, that's me. Okay, well... In order to pay the bills, you have to be able to get the mail or to go online and to know where those bills are and to make sure there's money in the account to pay those bills, right? Absolutely. Well, and then so you basically have to look at those accounts every month, not only to make sure there's money to pay the bills, but to make sure there's no funny business going on, right? Right. Okay. Um, well, how about... Uh, the investment side of your life. Um, don't you have to check on your investments uh, at least on a monthly basis or a fairly regularly anyway? Not necessarily every day like you might have been doing this past week with the market going oh, yeah, crazy. I, yeah, that, that wasn't good for my, uh, my stomach. Though. Well, it's not good for anybody's stomach, but I'm just simply saying that you got to pay attention to your investments, right. don't you? Absolutely. All right. And if um, if you have investment accounts and you want to make a change, who has to make those changes? Oh, you do. 
Exactly. You have to make the decision. Uh, and hopefully you're not telling your financial advisor to sell, sell, sell right now because this is not the time to be doing that for most of us. It's um, actually uh, at some point this is the opportunity uh, where if you have any cash, um, uh, you know, I'm, I can't say I, I'm, I'm, I can't say that this is the perfect time. But we know that the market has fallen like crazy, and which was not unexpected. Uh, and so this is the time to be thinking about putting money into the market, not taking it out. And if, and if you have investments that have fallen like crazy, like most of us, then now's the time to have the iron stomach <laughs> to stay with it. Stay with your... Uh, you know, take your financial advisor's advice. Uh, don't get scared. This is the time when people who get scared lose their shirt because the market is down, clearly. And the folks who get scared and get out and don't get back in are the ones who actually have lost the most because they probably invested when the market was high and now the market's low and the market this is not unusual in the market this does this uh you know a couple times every 10 years and it this is just one of those scarier times um and so uh it's important to stay with your game plan that's i guess that's the most important advice anybody can give you but the important is who makes that decision you do that's right okay so what would happen in your family, Jason, if you couldn't do any of that? It'd be chaos. Well, truthfully, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, your wife would probably be out of sorts because she hadn't had to do any of that stuff. And she may know how to do some of it or all of it, but she may not. And uh, what if your wife couldn't do it either? Then you'd be in double chaos, right? right? Well, that's where legal documents come in because, in essence, if you can't make these important life decisions, somebody needs to be able to do it on your behalf. And if you have good legal documents and you've given a trusted person the ability to do those kinds of things that need to be done— uh, and, and so this is what makes these documents so important to an asset protection plan because if you're not there to make the decisions, what happens? Things go bad very yes. quickly. That's right. I mean, you could be taken advantage of, uh, the market crashes, and you don't get the opportunity to get in at the right time, or you, may, you know, somebody's making bad decisions for you, uh, uh, or no decisions are being made at all, and well, it's like, you know, whoever said it, you know, no decision is actually a decision. And <laughs> so that uh, is uh, very difficult. So that's what I'm getting at. This is why having an agent appointed for healthcare decisions, an agent appointed for financial decisions is so important to everyone. So having the right legal documents, having the limitations put in there, uh, or having very broad powers if you have a really good agent that's totally trustworthy. Uh, th this is where the right kind of legal documents make all the difference in the world. And so the more flexibility you build in, the better the documents are. And that's what it boils down to. So, you know, uh, now, 
I talked about the basic documents. That's how the what everybody should have, no matter what. I mean, and obviously you're young. You have young children. Your legal documents need to be very different from mine, as a you know, because I'm old, if you will. Uh, you know, my kids are out. I'm empty nesters and all of those kind of things. You have young children, so you need a plan that takes care of you and your wife and your young children, which is very different from what I need to do for my family. Uh, those of folks who have, uh, uh, you know, who are extremely well-to-do probably should have a much different plan than those folks who are struggling financially. You know, it's the kind of thing where we're all different. We have different needs. We also have different families. Some of us are lucky enough to have uh, children who love us and take care of us, and they're close by, and they're in our life all the time. And other folks don't have that. You know, they may have no children at all, so they're orphans, if you will, uh, you have others that have children that turn away from them, or they have children who are dysfunctional, or they have children who need taking care of themselves, or they have, you know, multiple issues for every family. And every family is very different. And there's, I mean, there, it's pretty darn rare to find that quote perfect Ozzie and Harriet family. It, yeah. <laughs> You know, that that's um, – so good planning takes in all of the craziness in our families. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and that's why you, it's so important to go see an expert like Bill. Schedule an appointment to talk with him if you want to get your legal documents in order. 919-256-7000 is the number to call to schedule an appointment. 919-256-7000. Also, if you have legal documents, as Bill said – You know, as you go through different phases in life, you need a set of documents that is appropriate for your current stage. Get those updated if you haven't recently. 919-256-7000 or go online to WGALaw.com. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong, and thank you for joining us this morning. WGALaw.com is Bill's website if you want to find more information about him or if you want to register for the seminars coming up in April. That's Wednesday, April 8th is the next date. It's free to register. Head over to WGALaw.com. Bill, we're having a discussion here about legal documents and how these are critical to any asset protection plan that's uh, put into place for someone. Sure. We've gone over the the basics and sort of uh, how some of these need to be crafted. Well, I'll, I'll say this. There are a couple times in our life that most of us uh, are in situations where simple documents work just fine. Okay, so when are those? Well, the first time is when we're young and unmarried or potentially married, but we don't have children. Okay, and so for those folks, uh, particularly folks, you know, because most of us when we're young, uh, we're struggling financially. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get you know, a foundation uh, built for ourselves, and that takes a long time. Uh, well, during those periods of time, we're over 18, 
but we should even at that age have at a minimum health care powers of attorney uh, when my children turned 18, I had both of them sign a health care power of attorney where, where their mother and I could make health care decisions if they were in an accident, something like that. Well, you know, a health care power of attorney gives the agent a much more authority. I mean, because, you know, there is un- unwritten codes medically where if you are a child who's 20 years old and in an accident, the doctors are going to turn to the parents, but your authority to make decisions is very limited because the child is an adult. It's still your child, but you don't have the kind of authority that a health care power of attorney would give you. And those that is makes it uh, important. But those documents are very simple for that kind of person. Now, then it gets complicated. You get married and you have children, just where you are, Jason. And so your documents would be a little more complex than that single person's documents because why? You gotta have something in place for those young children, and uh, so you have to figure out: okay, who's going to be who the guardian? Who's going to be the trustee? What what do we want to put in our trust? What do we want to provide for our children? How do we want to provide it? Those kinds of things, and then. At some point in your life, you might get simpler again, and that's when when you become empty nesters. You know, you're still working, you're still, you're not retired yet, and and life is still going pretty good, and your your kids are out of the nest. And so, guess what? Now your life is a little simpler. <laughs> so, it might work out for you to have simple documents again at that point. And then, guess what? you start getting older. And seniors really need documents that are very different than simple documents because most seniors have need to have options for planning because this is when planning gets really serious for folks when it comes to tax planning, long-term care planning, uh, how do we take care of ourselves, our spouse? How do we take, you know, protect our children and grandchildren? Uh, how do we plan for all that? So that that planning becomes far more important to us and more complex. And for most folks, simple documents aren't the right documents anymore. And the two documents that are are really critical at that stage for seniors are guess what. The general power of attorney needs to become an advanced power of attorney for most folks. And then the will can be far uh, more complex in terms of what it does, or you move over to a trust-based plan. And that's, uh, you know, it's not for everybody, but for a lot of families, it's a good way to do planning. So that that is where uh, legal documents come in. And of course, you, you can't, you know, there's no one-size-fits-all. The only way you can really know what to do is to go to a really good attorney like W.G. Alexander and Associates. Right. Yay! <laughs> so anyway, come to see us. We'll give you a good plan. All right. Now, um, I want to talk about something that most folks, um, some have never heard of, and it doesn't apply to those of us who are on Medicare, but though. What I want to mention is uh, an off-topic called health savings accounts. And these health savings accounts are very, very important 
and are underutilized. It's something that folks really should utilize if they have the opportunity. But it's limited to those folks who have a high-deductible health plan. And truthfully, most employers are going to a high-deductible health plan. And because, truth is, most employers can't afford anything but a high-deductible health plan anymore. And so it's a fairly common thing for most people who are employed, uh, particularly uh, with larger employers. And, And if that's the case and you have a health plan that way, you really need to take advantage of health savings accounts. Now, what are they? They're basically designed to allow you to save money to pay for those deductibles when you have uh, health issues that you need. But And it'll, if your employer provides it to you, um, now it doesn't mean that the employer contributes it contributes to it, like uh, many employers do contribute to a retirement account, but this is what you do for yourself. But what you do contribute, if you have a plan through your employer, is um, tax-free. In other words, you tell your employer to to deduct uh, from your uh, earnings a sum uh, that will al- allow you to, to put money into a health savings account. And it's, and it's tax-free. You're not taxed on that. And if you, have a, if, if you have a high deductible health plan not through your employer, what you contribute to a health savings account is tax-deductible. But being tax-deductible, unless you're itemizing your um, deductions is not going not going to help you as much as you think. But the fact that um, uh, you can contribute now you're limited in the contribution, and that is for those folks under 55. The annual limitation is thirty five hundred dollars. For those 55 and older, it is a thousand dollars more, forty five hundred dollars a year. Uh, some of the other things about uh, health savings account is the fact that other people can contribute to your health savings account. In other words, if you don't, your parents uh, or grandparents or other folks can contribute to help you with a health savings account. And it can, of course, grow larger than thirty-five dollars or $4,500 uh, a year. And you want it to. You want, want it to grow, grow, grow. And, of course, in most states, it grows income tax-free, uh, just like a retirement account does. Now, what folks don't know about a health savings account is um, that you can keep it. It's yours. It, it's vested. Uh, even if you leave that employer and you no longer have a health savings account, uh, many of the employer plans, you can in- invest it in a lot of different ways other than just having a savings account somewhere. You can actually invest it in the markets and things like that. Um, and uh, you can also use your health savings account, what a lot of folks don't realize, is that you can use it like a retirement account. And uh, Now, you can't do that until you're 65, but the, the the fact is is that once you reach 65, and of course most people go on Medicare when they're 65, and so you can't contribute anymore once you're on Medicare, which is a bummer. But uh, but and if you don't use it for 
um, if you if you don't use the money for uh, a, a qualified health expense, then you pay tax on it the same way you would with a retirement account. So it's very versatile. Now, if you use it on a qualified health expense, guess what? It's not taxable, so it's tax-free. And that is wonderful because it was tax-free going – in other words, you didn't pay income tax going in, you didn't pay tax on the growth, and you pay for it health care expense um, uh, coming out, and you don't pay any income tax then. That's a nice kind of thing. Now – a lot of health plans don't pay for di- dental, doesn't pay for vision, doesn't pay for a lot of stuff. And plus, you got these high deductibles. And a health savings account, those are qualified health care expenses that everybody can use. Plus, most seniors end up spending somewhere in the neighborhood between three hundred and fifty and $400,000 for health care during their lifetime. So guess what? Your health savings account can go a long way towards helping if you can build it up. To to now, it's hard to build up. Got to start young. <laughs> but if you can build it up, it, it can be uh, a significant savings to you over time. You know, people think about five twenty nine plans for college and other things like that. Well. In my mind, your health savings account might be one of the most important things that you can do if you have the uh, the high deductible. You have to have the high deductible health plan in order to contribute to it. But the fact is, most people who are employed today, and particularly in medium size and larger companies, do in fact have a high deductible health plan, and you need to look for that health savings account. Yeah, that's great advice. And for parents and grandparents, you can help your children by contributing to it as well. Yep, be a a meaningful gift to uh, a loved one. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back right after this. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, uh, we've got uh, a few minutes left here in the program, and I know you wanted to spend some time talking about retirement accounts. Well, we have new retirement account rules. I mean, in late December, Congress passed the SECURE Act, and that's, those are important words, particularly for seniors made a lot of changes uh, to the rules regarding retirement accounts. So some of the basic rules include uh, minimum required distributions are not at age 70 and a half, unless you've already reached that age. It's now 72. So you don't have to take distributions with uh, without a penalty uh, until you're 72. Of course, once you're 59 and a half, there's no penalty. You can take it at any time you want, but you do not have to take it until age 72. The other big change is that for inherited IRAs, in other words, when you die and leave your retirement account to your children. Now, uh, the new rules do do not change the rules to your spouse, and there's some other exceptions, but when you leave a retirement account to your children or grandchildren, 
there is a new rule in place where they no longer have a lifetime to take the retirement account distributions. We used to call that stretch IRAs. And now there is a 10-year rule in place where uh, uh, your uh, children and grandchildren must take their distributions within 10 years. So that is a huge change for those of us who wanted our children to be able to take lifetime distributions with, you know, through what we call the stretch. So that doesn't uh, help us anymore. Now, if you're already um, taking minimum required distributions and if you're charitably inclined or you, you make contributions or ties to your church or other charities, uh, you can, you should be using your minimum required distribution at, uh, where your custodian pays directly to the charity or church um, because it's not taxed to you if it goes to the charity, and the charity doesn't have to pay tax on that contribution. So they get 100%, and you don't have to pay the tax, and it lowers your tax bill. And so if you're going to give the money to the, the church or synagogue anyway— then guess what? That's the best way to do it um, for those who are charitably inclined because your charitable deduction for most folks uh, doesn't help you anymore on your taxes. That's, uh, you know, if you're not itemizing, then charitable deductions don't help you at all. Um, so that's an important thing to figure out. Yeah, that's uh, another great thing to for us to consider as we Move along here as the uh, policies always are changing, but um, it's good to know that we've got the SECURE Act in place and there's some certainty now with what to do going forward with our retirement accounts. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you if you want to register for April seminars, that's happening Wednesday, April 8th, head over to WGALaw.com. There you can register for free. Just click on the seminars button. It's WGALaw.com. You can also call the office if you want to register 919 256 7000 919 Two five six seven thousand. Uh, that's also the place, the, the number that you can call to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Maybe you heard our legal documents discussion earlier, and you're uh, inclined to want to get yours in order. Nine one nine two five six seven thousand. We are out of time for today, but we hope you will join us again next Saturday at eleven. It's Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio six eighty WPTF. Have a great day. <music> 